Luis Palomino, welcome to MMA Uncensored, bro. Thank you for being right. here. Awesome, awesome, man. So, yo, um, I don't, I, you know, me and you didn't really get a chance like to talk or anything like that. Uh, but I'm just curious about you. You know, obviously you, you came on the scene real hot in Bare Knuckle Fighting Championship. You got your first victory against Elvin Brito at BKFC 10. And then obviously the 155 championship match against Isaac Valley Flag. You made quick work in the first round. And now the newly crowned 155 champion BKFC. So congratulations, bro. Thank you, man. My pleasure, man. So did you are you originally from uh Miami originally? Yeah, I mean I was born I was born in Peru, but yeah, okay. I grew up most of my life has been here in Miami. I did uh I did live in California for four years, and that's where I started my fighting uh journey because i did uh four I mean, yeah four years of boxing in in california oh no kidding and uh you know. so born in born in peru and then when how old were you when you moved to miami uh i was in california 10 to i did three three years of boxing 10 to 13 in, in cali mm -hmm. and i was turning 14 when i ran to miami oh that's what's up okay i went uh with regular boxing stand up yeah Not, uh okay that's cool, man. So what got you into boxing? Uh, I remember it was my my father was going to take my older brother, Pedro. He was going to take him to check out the gym. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, Pedro, my, you know, it's one of my brothers that got the, the luck from the jeans. You know, he got like my mom's side of the jeans. Like was, this guy was like he had a bodybuilder body by the age of 14. Damn. You know, like he's like, what the hell? Like this guy is just, you know, he was like a little action figure. You know, I didn't get that luck. I had to like work really hard to change my body and make it grow mm -hmm. and all that. But uh, he was very strong looking and very strong himself. You know, my, my dad wanted to take him to boxing. And mm -hmm. I was like, hey, I want to go too. You know, I was the younger brother, you know? Yeah. And uh, we ended up going over there. And my brother, you know, it wasn't his thing, you know? Yeah. Um, my brother was there for like a good two weeks and I did it for three years. Wow. <laughs> That's all. So you you did uh so boxing from you said ten to thirteen years old. Ten to thirteen, yeah. Ten to thirteen, okay. And then after you were thirteen, so wait, first and foremost, like how, how did you, how did you like it? How did you adapt to boxing? I love, I love boxing, man. Boxing was my first love, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, when I came to Miami, you know, my my father had gone to prison, and you know, my mom was single mother over here. You know, mm -hmm. six kids. You know, it was tough. You know, no English. And uh, when we moved here, I looked for boxing gyms, but they were like an hour away from me oh, where wow. we were living. And I had to take a, I don't know how many buses to get there. And my mom was not hearing it. So I couldn't, I couldn't get started with boxing. I probably would have ended up being a pro boxer, you know, at this, at this age. Hmm. But, um, you know, I ended up doing a whole a lot of street fighting, man. You know, when I, when I came into Florida, <laughs> Florida was swamped in gang activity, you know, and, I never really gained, I never really joined one. You know, I had mm -hmm. a lot of friends, but I never joined an actual gang. So I did a whole lot of fighting growing up. I bet, man. I, especially where in uh, Miami uh, were you? Uh, Miami Beach, 71st Street. You know, I mean, I lived all over, all over man. From, okay. From Miami Beach to Southeast to, you know, Midtown area and you name it, all over Miami. All over, man. Yeah. Like the Almanac of Miami, bro. Yes, sir. <laughs> so what got you involved into the, the street fighting? Was it? Like backyard fighting? Um. Well, I, I think I was dealing with. I think I was dealing with like teenager anger 
issues, you know. <laughs> and you know, one day I'm living like the perfect life with my family, you know, beautiful home, blah blah blah. And next thing you know, my dad's you know arrested, and and my mom is like you know on the road by herself, you know, with all the kids, and it's it was tough. So I think I was like angry, you know, and I was angry that, that it felt like they took my father from me, you know, at that age. Yeah. Um, angry with you know the fact that I was so happy with boxing in Cali, mm-hmm. and I couldn't find it here, mm-hmm. and and then just the wrong people picking up the wrong guy, man. You know, I, you know, you start crossing people, and and people started you know poking you, you know, looking for problems, and it just ended up fighting a lot, man. Yeah, you fired back. What was like? <laughs> what was like some of the standout stuff like when you were a kid growing up, street fighting that like always stick with you? Um, I, I didn't like the unfairness. Yeah, I didn't like unfairness. You know, to me it was like one on one was the biggest thing to me. I wasn't a, a guy for weapons. I don't like guns. I don't like knives. I still, you know, don't like guns. Don't like, don't like knives. Doesn't mean I don't have one in my house to protect my family, but I don't like it. You know, it's not my thing. I'm not gonna carry around. You know. Yeah. But uh, I didn't like four people beating somebody up, five people beating somebody up, maybe more than that, six, seven guys jumping one guy. So a lot of the fights that I got into, man, I was it wasn't even, it wasn't even my fight. I just didn't you like just wanted to get in there. Yeah, I didn't like unfairness. I didn't I didn't like, you know, so many people taking advantage of one. So I would jump right. in. I would make friends, I would make more enemies than friends, but I didn't like it. So that was one of the things that stuck the biggest. And I just didn't like that, you know, and I was always a part of, you know, stopping it or, or being <laughs> getting in the mix, you know. I'm knocking somebody out for doing it. <laughs> you know. Yeah, bro. I don't blame you, man. The whole bullying thing, not a fan of it. You know, I like the old school approach, you know, just scrap it out and that's yeah. it, you know? Yeah, that's it. So what, what, uh, now did you eventually get involved into MMA? So when I came to Cali, I mean, to, to Miami from Cali, mm-hmm. uh, time passed and doing a lot of street fighting. And then I, I run into this kid named Mickey and Mickey lived in my block in, in Bay Drive and Mickey was doing capoeira. And I remember, you know, when I was in Cali, I used to break dance and I was boxing, you know. And when I get to, to Miami and I meet this kid and he shows me this movie only is strong, you know, and the capoeira stuff, you know. And I like, oh shit, it's kind of like kind of like the break dancing with like the fighting, you know. So I, it kind of caught my attention and I ended up starting with that because that was really near me. I was really close to the to the gym. I ended up with a trainer there, uh Master Delay and a group called Abolisan. That's where my name came from. Oh, that was that was like the logo of the gym, and I was named after the logo. Wow. Yeah, so Baboon was my my fight my, my, my capora name. And I did that for a good I say a good I mean in total I did 13 years, right? Okay. But uh I learned how to speak fluent Portuguese, thanks to Capoeira, I know how to play instruments. I can communicate with anybody from any part of Brazil like, easily, you know. And of course, with time came jujitsu. You know, um, I separated from that mestre, mestre delay. When I got to like my professor time, and and I ended up meeting uh, Cesar, which was my first MMA coach. Oh wow! And I was the first MMA student. So it's a mutual thing, you know. Like, wow. uh, I, I came from a, t- a team called MMA Masters mm-hmm. that originated as Team Nogueira. Okay. Cesar Carnado and Daniel Valverde, which is a you know world-known jiu-jitsu uh, world champion, and I'm also a black belt under him. They got together, uh, and and Valverde had a 
a relationship with the Nogara brothers, you know, and we started uh, Team Nogara in Brickle and, you know, business fell apart and, you know, things didn't go, you know, as planned and Cecil and Daniel decided to make their own thing named MMA Masters and I was the very first fighter out of that. That's fucking cool yeah. shit. Yeah, so Cesar was my capoeira mestre after I left this group, Abolisan. Okay. You know, so that's how that began. And I continued capoeira with him. But when I was doing capoeira with Cesar, I was telling him, you know, because now I have a son, you know, mm-hmm. I had a son. I had just had a son and I wanted to compete. And I'm seeing old friends of mine, like uh, Rafael Sonson. Uh, Junior Asunsound and Freddy Asunsound, they had left the Capoeira scene. They were in my group. Okay. They had left the Capoeira scene. They moved to Atlanta and they were away for five years doing jiu-jitsu. I hadn't even known about jiu-jitsu. Cool. Then they come back and I seen them fighting on TV and everything. I was like, oh man, you know, like I used to be able to hang with these guys, you know, like I, I can do this. And I was very, very known for street fighting, you know, so mm-hmm. everything just started to mix in together. And I told Cesar, look, man, I want to do this. And he was like, well, look, you're going to have to start doing jiu-jitsu then. Okay. So I have to, like, humble myself. Because when you come from a strong martial art, you know, even, mm-hmm. we're talking about, like, back then. We're talking about, like, years, like, 20 years ago, you know? Okay. You know, back then, you know, today you find a gym full of everything. Yeah. The boxing, the Muay Thai, the jiu-jitsu, the judo. Back then, when I started, it wasn't like that. They didn't even have amateur fights. It was just, one, mean, it's just one gym for one American style. American team. It was American yeah. style team, and Freestyle Fighting Academy was starting to come out. Mm-hmm. Like all the way back then, you know. I remember, yeah. Yeah, and um, you know, as time passed, when I, I said I want to do this, and, and he he took me to George Pareda was my first jujitsu uh, trainer, and I did five months at his gym of jujitsu, and he had the connection for a show called I think it was A you know, ACB or something like that. Mm-hmm. It was a big show in Florida where most of uh, America's top team fighters would go and, you know, build the records up. Okay. And uh, it was called Absolute Fighting Championship, something like that. Okay. And uh, Pereira got me a fight within, like, eight months. I think it was eight months. So I just got my blue belt, <laughs> you know, and there's black belts in, in the gym. And, you know, I stayed quiet about knowing how to speak Portuguese. I didn't say nothing. You know, so like, you know, there was a lot of Brazilian dudes, you know, and there was, there was like, I would say I, I want to fight because to them it was just a pure jiu-jitsu place. So you okay. had to be like a brown belt, black belt to get a pro fight. To get, got you. Okay. You know, that's what I'm about back in the days, you know. So when I came in, within three, four months, everybody's tapping me out left and right. And I'm talking about, no, I want to fight in the next show. And they would just laugh at me, you know. <laughs> like, this, this guy is crazy. You know, the white belt. Imagine, you know, I'm a white belt. A white yeah. girl talking about he wants to fight in a pro. Yeah, they must have been laughing, bro. <laughs> yeah, at 170 to begin with. Like, you know, like, I'm, I'm like, I don't pass 170. I was like 168, 167. Okay. And uh, they laughed, but I took it serious. Within eight months, I got my blue belt, and I got my first fight booked. That's what's up. And uh, I debuted in that show, and I knocked the dude out in a minute and 23 seconds. And then in my second fight, I knocked that dude out in 25 seconds. And then my third fight, I fought Jeremy Stevens. I was like six foot three, you know, like a real 170 pounder, you know, and, and yeah. I went to a decision. I beat him too, but I went to a decision. Wow. And then I started to understand and find out that, oh, holy crap, there's, I didn't even know about weight cutting and wrestling. 
I didn't have no sparring partners for my first 10 pro fights. No kidding. No wrestling for my first eight years of MMA. I had no, all I did was jujitsu and make work with Cesar Canelo. That's it. Wow. That's how I fight as a professional at 170 pounds. So, yeah, I did a lot of mistakes, you know, <laughs> and, and that's how my, my record suffered because I had to learn the hard way. Man. There was no yeah. other way. No. Yeah, but yo, I gotta credit you, bro, because not a lot of people would. I mean, at least the, the people that I talk to, I haven't really heard much of like people just wanting to jump in right out the gate the way you did, bro. So, yeah, I, credit to you, man, for doing that. Yeah. <laughs> but it worked out, man. You know, you got now. You know, uh, obviously, you're in Bare Knuckle Fighting Championship now. But you know, what was that journey like for you? Like even before Bare Knuckle, like you know, after you know, obviously, you've been fighting on the circuit but like you know what transpired from you know that particular time leading up to bare knuckle so you know time passed and like i told you i had to learn the hard way i made a lot of yeah. mistakes man i fought at 170 when i shouldn't mm-hmm. at that time i should have even been fighting at 155 i should have fought at 145 and it okay. showed because the moment that i dropped down to 155 i became champion in two local shows right so yeah there were smaller organizations but i was the best in that organization right mm-hmm. and then i dropped down to 145 and i got two more world titles on top of that wow. you know and and then um you know with with uh inexperience comes the mistakes and and what comes with those mistakes is injuries man mm-hmm. i started to suffer a lot of injuries the last four years of fighting in mma i've been fighting with a fat, <laughs> it's like my big toe, with a toe, it doesn't bend. Like, oh, I have no. bone fragments stuck in the joints. So it oh. doesn't bend, and every single step that I take, I'm just used to it now, but it's painful. Wow. Like it, it, it hurts. And if I kick you and I land with the top of my toe, it hurts me more than it's going to hurt you. Damn. And that's about four years now? You know, so in the same leg, Man. I have a partial MCL tear, and mm. I have a third-degree PCL tear. And I fought four years, you know, in like when I'm sparring and I have my wrestling shoes on and my knee yeah. strap, I'm good. I can go with anybody yeah. in any caliber in the world in my weight class. You take off the shoe, you take off the, the knee straps, mm. I'm already like, whoa, with the wrestling and the grappling, I'm worried in my head, right? Oh, I got and, you. And when it comes to the striking, I can't pivot anything. I can't sprawl. Oh. I can't pivot and throw right hand. You know, like I have no balance. It feels like I'm skating on the floor without shoes. Wow. So when Bare Knuckle came out, man, because I was I was trying to box, you know, like I told you, boxing was my yeah. first love. I was trying to get a boxing fight for like almost a year. I, I went like eight months, nearly a year looking for a boxing fight. Damn. And they would give me guys that were like 10 and 0, 8 and 0s, 4 and 0s, all the way to 20 and 0, I got a call. Hmm. And they offered them, you know, Palomino. And, and what do they got? They got a 38-year-old. I'm 39 now. You know, I was 38 at the time. A 38-year-old with a zero-zero in boxing, you know? But then you look mm-hmm. at my, my videos on YouTube, and they're like, oh, <laughs> he got power. He can throw some hands, though, right? Yeah. So then the, the fighters will think about it. I, I can't blame them. I don't want to say that nobody's scared of me. I don't believe that because fighters yeah. are fighters, right? They're there to fight. But, uh, but if I put myself in their shoes, they look at me like, man, if I beat this guy, he's 38 years old with zero-zero. What do I be? If I lose against this guy, I lose. You know, because yeah. I'm losing against a 38 year old with zero zero. So I understood. You know, they got a lot more to lose. It, it sucked because I, you know, I kept you know training and training, and it, it wouldn't happen. 
Then I see bare knuckles starting to pop off, you know, and I'm like, oh, okay, here we go. You know, and I found something that was like the boxing love that I want. I could wear the boxing shoes, so I don't want to worry about this messed up toe because now I can pivot up all the toes, you know? Yeah. And it changes everything, you know? Um, I don't got to worry about wrestling. I don't worry about having, because mm -hmm. just kicking the back was messing up my knee again, you know? So I don't have to worry about like, you know, kicking, wrestling, grappling. This, to me, it was like, I don't want to say rebirth. It was an extension to my, to my life as a fighter. That's you know, sure. now I know that I can do this for the next two, maybe three years at in the top level. You mm -hmm. know, because I'm 39, but it's like everybody ages differently. And I oh. feel great. You know, one of the things that I have always focused on uh, throughout my whole career is working on my body. Because like I told you, I didn't have the genes. I didn't, you know, I didn't start lifting weights until the age of 24. No kidding. Yeah, so I didn't like I was just like chubby, and you couldn't tell what the bicep was from the tricep or any <laughs> chest lines or any ab line, like you couldn't tell anything. So I had to like really construct my body. It took me years to change my body to what it looks like today. Wow, and, and with that comes you know a responsibility and a, a discipline to work on yourself, to work on your body. So, like, I not only work on it from the outside, I feed it well, you know, and I think that has gave me more life. Because I've seen a lot of people at my age, man, that can't do what I do. That don't do what I do. I spoke with 20-year-olds that are in the, you know, 7 and 0s, 10 and 0s, 20 and 0s, and I do pretty damn well with them, you know? That's what's up, man. Yeah, you got to – I feel like condi conditioning, obviously, it's everything, you know? I mean, you could learn as much as you can, and then if you're not conditioned right, you can't translate that over into your fight. So, nope. you know, 100%, man, I agree with you. And then what was that like? I mean – you know, obviously, coming over from street fighting, this has got to be something pretty cool that you could actually get into a ring and go barehanded, you know, and, and still get paid to do this. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah, so it's, it's kind of like the work, the, the, my life doing full circle, you know? Yeah. I started like this, you know? I mean, yes, I boxed, but I only boxed for three years when I was 10 years old. I was a kid. Mm -hmm. Three years of boxing, you know? I did more years of fighting in the street than I did of boxing when I was 10 years old. Wow. You know, um, and to go through my MMA career and, you know, come back to this point in my life where it's like, okay, take the gloves off again, you know, and it, it has brought me back to who I, who I was from the beginning. You know, the way that I am today, you know, the way that I was when I first started doing MMA, you know, that's what is coming back because Throughout my career, you know, throughout the MMA career, you, you start to get the doubts in your head. You start to face mm -hmm. the wrestlers, the grapplers that are holding you down, taking you down, holding you down, yeah. nearly whispering in your ear, please don't get up again. You know, <laughs> they don't want to trade no hands, you know. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I understand it's a sport. You know, hey, if you're better than me, you're better than me. And that's, that's yeah. what it is. But coming back full circle to, to that old me is even brought back that knockout artist that I started as in MMA. You know, because in MMA, you start off, I, I knew that I just had to connect. If mm -hmm. I touch you, I'm going to knock you out. And with time, you start to, you know, um, face higher caliber guys, mm -hmm. and the knockouts don't come out as easy. Or you start to face the rest of the grapplers, mm -hmm. and they're not giving you a chance to knock them out, you know? So now it's like full circle, all the way back to where the confidence <laughs> level is. I know that all I need to do is touch you. 
Wow. And you're out, especially with no gloves. You know? Yeah, and you proved it, bro. I, mean, I was I was there live. I saw your you know your first fight, bare knuckle against Elvin Brito, and that was cool to watch, man. You did this real cool spinning back. What was that spinning backhand or, yo? That was that was a nice uh, little setup you had there. So, yo, I enjoyed it very much, man. I was I watched it. I'm like, yo, this guy's gonna be he's gonna be pretty big here in bare knuckle, man. You, you could tell, like, you know, when I watch bare knuckle. You could tell, like, the, the guys that have the experience and the guys, you know, that don't. Because it's still a new promotion, you know. It's, they're still getting up. So they're trying to fill spots. I get it. And make matches. But you can see the difference for a guy that's got the experience. He's got the footwork. He's got the cardio. And compared to some of the guys that I've seen in the bare knuckle ring, you know, they, they some of these guys look like they just got off the, you know, the garbage truck. You know, just, just extended, you know. All credit to him for getting in there and doing it. No, no question. But uh, when I saw you, I was like, all right, you know, this is going to be good. It's going to make this 155 division very interesting. And, and, and obviously, bro, I wanted to see you and Ailer fight, bro. That that was the fight that I wanted to see. That I wanted to see one, it too. <laughs> I know. Because, you know, I know you guys got beef, but, you know, no, got to give Jim credit. You know, the guy's 4-0, three knockouts. He's a, he's a fast-paced dude. He's coming and swinging which I think would be a great fit for you guys to fight because yeah. it's going to be fireworks, you know? Yeah, you know, to to you know, to go with what you're saying, right, you know, I believe that, you know, it's very true because it's, you have a lot of guys now that are popping off in, in the bare knuckle scene and they're just straight up brawling, yeah. right? Um, Jim, now you mentioned him, he mentioned uh, about how he finished Elvin Brito you know, within the first round and how I did five whole rounds with him. Okay. And this was my answer to that, right? For one, we were in the tournament, okay? This is my debut. Mm -hmm. I'm not worried about the first or second guy. I want to make it to the third fight to take that belt, mm -hmm. right? So my thing is I'm new back to this. I know how hard I hit. I remember how much I've damaged my hand in the past mm -hmm. in street fights. My number one you know, thing was to not hurt my hands. You know, I don't know how I'm going to react. You know, I don't know. It was my first fight back, you know, without gloves in, in a mm -hmm. long time. So I intended to be in there and pick my shots and, you know, not go crazy. And I was having fun. I was having fun, you know. Um, I probably got, like, jabbed once in a five-round fight. I came out of there with my face completely cleaned. You know, out boxing, out footwork, you know, you know, I did my work because the whole thing was to save this hands for Jim because we were supposed to be in the, in the end of the fight, in the end of the tournament. Yeah. And, you know, having that said, the tournament was crashed out. They gave me the fight. Mm -hmm. Jim didn't show up for his own reason, for his own choice, right? And they gave me this other guy that's three and up. Jim is four and up. There's not a big difference there. Well, you know, Ike was uh, three and old, and his last fight was against, you know, uh, what's his name? Um, the his last fight? His, uh, yeah, Isaac's last fight, Valley Flags. It was against uh, the knockout artist, man. I, what the hell do I always forget his name? Um, Let me see. Oh, uh, was it the Melvin Gilliard fight? Yeah, yeah, Melvin Gillard, right? Yeah. So, you know, we all know Gillard, man. Gillard has bombs. Powerful, bro. You know, oh, yeah. powerful, you know. Man, I was beating him, like, yeah. all the way through, you know? 
um, and gloused and swinging with everything, I guess. I mean, he clipped them a couple of times, right? But they didn't do the damage that I did. Hmm. Um, so I say, Isaac's legit. He's 3-0, came from a win, you know, against Melvin Gillard. Mm-hmm. What's the difference between a 3-0 guy and a 4-0 guy? You know, he stepped up. Jim decided not to come because his trainer caught COVID, okay? Um, that's what I heard, yeah. Okay, you know. Uh, but that's his choice and his decision. And he's been, like, wrapping all this talk, all this over, like, like if somebody, like if Dave... Um, like if they film and said, no, Jim, you're not going to fight for the title. Now it's going to be probably me. No, this is not the way it happened. Right. His opportunity was there. He decided not to take it. And he's been japping about it. But he, yeah, I wanted to ask you about that. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about that. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, obviously, you know, everybody's getting, I get it. You know, they were going to do a tournament. And I guess with COVID 19, they figured let's just do the 155 belt. Enough time yeah. is wasted. That's kind of what I got from that. So, yeah. all right. They set up the fight with you and Jim. I heard, like, you know, I was excited, just like everybody else was to see this. And then we heard, you know, his coach got COVID-19. He wanted to to not fight because of that reason, his choice. Um, but what happened after that? Were you guys going at it on social media? I heard so, it was so, like... So, so the, way, the way that it happened, man, is I got a text from, from Jim. And he says, hey, look, man, you know, and it starts like this. He says, I wanted you to hear it from me first. And I'm like, oh, shit, here it goes, man. You know, so when he says that, I already know that something's happening with the fight, right? Yeah. And he says, you know, somebody in my training camp, you know, is tested positive for, for COVID, blah, 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 this and that. And um, long story short, man, he said, you know, I asked him, I said, I said are you positive for COVID? Hmm. And he's like, well, I tested too, but my results haven't came in. You'll come in in a few days. So I told him, okay, so let's say that you are not positive. Are you still going to fight? Because if it's in my in my hands and it happens to me and God forbid, it happens to one of my trainers or whatever, I'm still gonna fight. Yeah. We're just we're just built different like that, you know. Mm-hmm. So I asked him, you know, are you still gonna fight? And he said, you know what, man, I spoke to my coach, spoke to my family, and we're gonna sit this out. So that was his choice. He decided not to show up. You How'd know? you feel about that? Like after he said that to you, what was going on in your head? Look, at, at that moment, yeah. I respect his decision. Yeah. Because you know, we had a friendship, mm-hmm. we were trained old training partners. So I respect his decision. Like, oh, look, man, he cares about his trainer. His trainer's sick. You know, um, he feels like he can't complete his camp without him. And I gave him the you know the benefit of a doubt and say, you know what, you know, maybe he's doing the right thing, whatever. But <laughs> that's not the way it ended. I get up. This is in the morning, and only an hour passes, and I see a post on Instagram where he's discrediting me for the title shot and talking shit about me, about me, and and, and talking about, oh, you know, I can't believe, even his wife was talking about, I can't believe they're still making this a title fight, like if the belt is supposed to wait for him. Mm. He asked for it, he got the opportunity, and he decided not to show up. At this point, be quiet. It's the best thing you can do. Just be quiet and wait for your turn. Because it's not like nobody's telling you, I'm not going to fight. I'm like, here waiting for you to fight. Right? So he's, he's like, you know, oh, and he says something stupid online where, oh, you know, go ahead and fight for the for the paper belt. But he was like discrediting me for getting a title shot after one fight. 
Okay. That's not the way it happened. It's not like I came into the show mm-hmm. and David Feldman said, hey, here's your first fight. Beat this guy, you're going to get a title shot. That's not what happened. What happened here is I, was, I entered a tournament and mm-hmm. I beat the first guy in the tournament and I was asked to fight Jim Allers in the second quarter of the tournament. Okay. And then the winner would and, go to the final. In that moment, I said yes. And Jim Allers said no. If I'm going to fight Babu, then I'm going to ask for the title. That's what he told me. I'm okay. going to ask for the title and make it a title fight. That's what happened. They made it a title fight. And then he decided not to show up to his title fight. So that's what kind of pissed me off where first he's telling me something, then he's posting something else, you know? And it just, you know, it it, it was just, it made him look like what he looks like. It made him look stupid, you know, and I lost complete respect for him. And it didn't stop there. It's it's been going back and forth where he keeps talking shit about, you know, the paper champ and I don't know what, hey, man. Big, big time. I've seen it. I, I've seen this shit talking, and I love it, you know, but it, it helps bring drama to the fight, you know, as fans. That's what we want to see, right? Some drama in there. And, you you know, obviously you guys got it going on. But, like, were, were you going back and forth with him on social media? Was it like a little, yeah, like, I, I, IG I war? Stated, or facts. You know, I stated some facts, you yeah. know. And, and I, exactly everything that I told you right now, I just stated the facts of, of, of what happened. You know, the, the fact that, he, you know, he texted me and let me know about the problem. But didn't tell me how he felt about the the whole point of me getting the title shot, anyways. But then he goes and posts it, you know, and then he's talking this, talking that, yeah. you know, and and then he keeps talking about after my fight interview, right? And after my fight interview, after the fight interview, I was gonna bring that up. So you win, <laughs> the, you you win the strap, you know, Valley Flag, and you, I mean, it was fast, man. Did you did you expect it to end that quick? I know no, you no, the no, knockout no. power, but absolutely not. But like I told you, it's I, I find myself again. You know, this is the way that I really fight. This is the way that yeah. I, I fight always looking for the kill. Okay. Yeah. I look to finish my opponents. And I, that's cost me a lot of decisions in MMA, in the MMA world, because of the wrestlers and the grapplers that take advantage of that, you know, eager feeling of change exchanging to get under you and take you down, hold you down, you know. But that's the way that I fight. I look to finish you. I look to hurt you with everything that I swing. Yeah. You know, and, um, you know, to face this guy, man, and seeing where he's coming from, he's fought people like, you know, he's fought some good names out there, you know. Dude, he's, he's a good You know, Melvin Gillard. Yep. You know, he, he fought this dude in Japan, too. Like, you know, he, he got some good names behind him. Oh, yeah. I didn't, you know, he, he even told me right after the fight, he's like, I've never been knocked down. He's like, not even in training. Wow. I didn't think it was going to be like that. I thought, I thought I was going to, I thought that the way I was going to be him was by slicing him open everywhere. Okay. Because I knew that I was faster. I knew that my foot was mm-hmm. better. Mm-hmm. You know, that the, what I had planned for him, what my trainers would be trained, was to just pop, 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 keep tagging him and keep slicing him everywhere and maybe connect something to knock him out. But I didn't go in there believing that's it, I'm going to knock him out when I hit him. Because I, you know, mm-hmm. I thought, I believe that he was a very durable fighter. And he is. Oh, but yeah. That just, shows you how much power I really carry when mm-hmm. I want to let it go. I carry power. And with that power, it's a lot of speed that delivers it. You know, and even time, at this bro. age, my speed hasn't been, hasn't gone down. <laughs> it was there. Nice, bro. Yeah, because, yeah, of course, speed is just going to incorporate more power when you connect. 
And, uh, you know, I got to give Valley Flick a ton of credit, man, because that dude, he got dropped, but he got up right away. And, yeah. he, you know, he was still seeing stars, but he was trying you know, to fight through, through the Wabbit He, he was, was trying. He was trying. And the eye contact was the only thing. I think, I think, was it Mergliata who was the ref for that fight? I think yeah. it, was, it was Dan. He was looking. He was looking just for something, you know, walk forward, whatever. And once Valley Flag looked to his corner and not straight at him, that's when he knew, you know, yeah. dude's not. He's not there yet, you know. <laughs> and that and that was it. But now you you know you crown champion one fifty five. What was that like for you, man? You, you know, second fight into bare knuckle, you the one fifty five champ. Yeah, man. It, it, it felt it felt just like I envisioned my fighting career would be in BKFC I said, man, with the power I got, with the speed that I got, with no gloves on, all I got to do is clip this guy. All I got to do is connect. If I stop, <laughs> and they're going to go to sleep. You know? And Manny Flag, like, like you know, being the turbo fighter that he is, didn't go to sleep. He went down, but he didn't go to sleep. The dude was like, boom. Like, whoa. You know, like, trying to come back. But it was, it was an awesome experience, man, because it, it gives you that feeling inside that you know is there. You know, it's like a stamp, like, yes. You know, we're here. We just got to keep doing what we're doing, you know? Absolutely, man. You're doing it, brother. And then after the the fight, you know, a little post-fight interview, and you know what? I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to give you full disclosure how I felt about that whole thing. (laughs) I loved it, and I'm going to tell you why. I felt like – because, I, you know, I talked to a lot of friends of mine. You know, we we love the bare knuckle. Uh, But one of the things, like, I've been waiting for as a fan was – some drama, some beef, you know, because, you know, still a new promotion, so those beefs aren't really there yet. We saw it with, you know, Paulie Malignaggi and, uh, you know, Artem Loboff, right? They had a nice, you know, the press conference was a lot of drama there, you know, it was, it was good, a lot of pay-per-view buys. But now we see you winning the strap, but right after you win the belt, you're out there, you know, post-fight interview, just calling out Jim right away. So what prompted you to do that? So, so you know, like that, like I had mentioned earlier, Jim was talking about that. Like I, I, we, ran, we just ran into each other not too long ago. I'm sure you saw that. And um, I was there. <laughs> and he was talking about that. Like he, he keeps mm-hmm. repeating the same things over and over again. Right? He's like, oh, you know, what kind of champion calls out a contender? You know, like you spent 10 minutes in your interview calling me out. Like, man, look, man, let's, let's get this together. Let's get it right. Okay. To me, I was supposed to fight him, period, for the title. I've never you know, counted anything down from him. I've never put him down in anything. If anything, I was always one of the guys rooting from the outside. Hey, give this guy a title shot. He deserves it. He earned it like two fights ago, you know? Um, the way that I see it is he's 4-0. He has three knockouts, okay? And he's put in work, man. You can't, you know, you can't talk that down. He's put in work. He's He's grabbed some opponents, ran right through them, you know, mm-hmm. and he's the person right now that most des- deserves to have fought for the title. But it was his choice not to be there. And this is a fight that needs to be that needs to happen. Now, I'll tell you why I did. OK, because I want to get it out the way. OK, my my real thing here is this. Look, it's like I told Dave Feldman. Mm-hmm. I'm not one of this MMA fighters stepping into the organization to then go back to MMA. Yeah. You know, I, I pretty much retired from MMA. I know that this is the sport that was made for me. And I want to be a part of its growth. I'm yeah. here to stay. Okay? You know, I want big names. Big names. This fight is big. Oh, yeah. Jim has done his, his, his work. 
Oh, yeah. He's got good credibility, mm -hmm. but I want to get him out of the way so that I can get the biggest name possible. I'm not you. the person that ducks fights. Give me the biggest. I don't care if it's a professional boxer undefeated with some sort of championship belt. I don't mm -hmm. care if it's an MMA fighter that just came out of UFC or Bellator or 1FC. I don't care who it is. If I have to go up in weight, I'll probably even go up in weight. Okay? But I want the biggest, most known name out there as possible to blow BKFC further and further with every single fight that I do. And not only that, to get what I deserve too, right? And you get paid, bro. Yeah, you know, so I want to be a part of that growth. Now, to do that, I got to be real with myself. Jim is up first. You know, he was up a while ago. He decided not to be there. I'm not going to be chasing him either. This fight is set, you know, and if for whatever reason he comes up with some new excuse like his vagina got swollen or something, then, you know, I'm going to tell Dave, Dave, hey, man, I need a fight. Like, I'm not going to be waiting for this guy, you know. But, you know, I, I don't believe that he's scared of me. You know, I don't believe that. Maybe he's no, insecure. I I believe, maybe he's insecure because I whooped his ass in the gym over and over again. Oh, really? Like, yeah. Like, I never said it before because I'm not the one to talk shit, you know. Yeah. But in the last altercation that we had, in the last week that we had, I lost respect for him. You know, so at this point, you're going to say things about me and kind of bring out my record, talk about my losses and I don't know what. Then I'm going to tell you what it is. Yeah. I whooped his ass over and over again when he was training at MMA Masters. And anybody that has trained MMA Masters will tell you that. Anybody that has trained there will tell you that. Whether it's his friend or not, they'll tell you. I used to spank Jim in the gym. I used to spank him. Even in jiu-jitsu, I tapped him out. And I, that's not my game. You know? So, so like, 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 come down with all that talk. And, and you know, like, I'm here waiting for you. I'm here waiting for the date. I'm here. I want to make this happen. I want to knock his ass out because I believe I know and I will. Okay? Can't Get wait. him out of the way. Let him continue his That's run fine. to come back for a rematch if he wants. I think that he's going to run back to MMA. But, um, you know, until I don't fight him and get him out of the way, I can't do what I want to do. And what I want to do is I want to help and I want to be a part of the growth of BKFC world, like, in another level. And for me to do that, I need the biggest name possible that I can punish inside of the, the square circle. You know? Yo, and I, and I agree with you, man. Like, you and Jim is the fight. You know, it, it's the it is the fight because you know, for for people like myself that have been following BKFC since the first show, you know, I, I've seen every fight. Uh, and but right now, this is the most exciting fight. Aside from like all the big names that Dave is signing and stuff like that, this is the fight. This is the big one. This is the one that needs to happen. Yep. And you know. Now we're talking about you brought it up the press conference. So last week there was a press conference at American Top Team. It was the press conference to announce Paige Van Zant signing with BKFC. You were there in attendance, obviously. Jim Ellers was there. Shannon Briggs was there. You know Lombard, Alves, Rumble. You know a lot of a lot of names are there. You know a lot of people are there to experience this. So after the press conference, and I want to get your you know point of view on the whole thing. Uh, you get on the mic. Did you plan on getting on the mic the whole time from the get? No, you got no. there. It just the thing, this type of things happen the best natural. You know. Yeah. I had a question, and I was I I, I really had a question, and that's what I did. I grabbed them, the press conference was over already, so I grabbed the mic and I said, "Man, what is you know?" I, so I, I said, "I just got one question, and I want to know what's up with that fake ass belt over there." You know, this dude is man. 
This guy's walking around with a Toys R Us belt on him, bro. With that, that says BKFC champion on him. Like, how silly are you? You know, like, like you know, like, <laughs> you're walking around with this belt. I'm like, what's up with that belt? And that's what I need to say because this guy is dying for the attention, dying to say something. You know, all I said was that, and here he comes, blah blah blah. You know, talk talk talk. Oh, know. he hopped right in there, man. Oh yeah, you know, right. you know, he, he there's I mean, his tickets, you know. And um, look, this is the thing. I, I've never been much of a talking person. I, I never have. I can speak well because mm -hmm. um, I'm not camera shy whatsoever, but I'm not a person that comes talking shit. You know, it's not me, not my style. But um, I do speak with facts. When I have the facts in my head, I, I spit them out. You know, I, I do speak with the truth because I got, you know, like I teach my son every single day, you can't go wrong with the truth. You know, can't go wrong with the truth. Um, and you know he got in my face and we were going with the back and forth you know he's you know doing his thing and i'm re i'm replying mm. we're doing the whole thing but don't get in my face man look look i was known like i told you growing up you know in in 71st street in miami beach i was known for headbutting somebody if they got in my face where okay. the face is touching my face and we're like nearly kissing yeah. you know like i don't don't do that I don't get in your face. Don't get in my face. And the, the thing that, that I started with that, because in Peru, is very, it's a very known thing from Peru. I was born in Peru. And in Peru, like, when I was younger, I used to always hear these stories about my dad. <laughs> and that's how he would start his fights, right? So it stayed, you know, in my head. And, and it, came in, it came in very handy because in Florida, I would get jumped here and there. You know, I'll get jumped, you know, almost every other week, you know. And, and um, yeah, when you start to see people surrounding you and one person in your face, you got to get them out of the way. Right. So I would aim directly for the nose, break the nose, and fight whoever was next. Now, I'm telling you what I used to do, right? Yeah. I never lost control of myself in this altercation. It might seem like it. It might look like it. But I don't know exactly what I'm doing. Okay? If there was, I wish there was a camera looking at my toes. Because I got on my tippy toes to make sure that I don't land on this nose because I would have broken. Right. I landed on the forehead and I did so with about 20, 25% power. Like I didn't, I didn't go hundred percent like trying to, I'm out of control and like I'm mad. Like there was nothing to be mad about. Right. You, know? you were just doing but it to back them up. Just get, yes. Just get out of my face, man. You know, you can't look, you can't say, oh, we can do it right now. Cause if you see the video in the video, he says, oh, the lights are on right now. There's my pay-per-view right now. We can do it right now. Yeah. He I says heard. that. And then he says, meet me in the middle and walks to my face. And yes. then puts his face on my face. Right. You know, uh, no, man. If it was if it was the older me, I would have had him in the nose and broke. Okay. You know, I didn't do it because I'm not trying to catch a charge for one. You know, and, and you want to keep that strap, bro. Him, make that money. Give him an excuse to not come and fight me for real. Okay. You know, so I just gave him a little, hey, it's a warning. Mm -hmm. Get out of my face. And then he had like a student or somebody there that actually reacted for that the way that he should have reacted. He was actually mad, you know. Jim was more like, Jim was like, he he just headbutted me. Oh my god! Did everybody see that? Jim's reaction was like that, you know. While his student or little brother or cousin, whoever that guy was, that uh, just comes trying to kick me and he push me. I saw him. He, he jumped, in, he jumped in. Like if it wasn't for my brother, he would have kicked me. My saw brother your brother. My brother. That was your brother. Me. Okay, I saw him hop in there too. So yep. now we got the family involved. We got some, yep. you know, friends involved. I saw that, man. It was getting, you know, it was getting pretty heated, man. Yeah. I mean, it was real heated. 
You know, and I saw you. You were like, "Who the fuck are you? Who the fuck are you?" Yeah. you I was like, "Oh it's shit!" Just out of nowhere, going down. Just swing. I mean, I'm like, man, if if nobody else was here, I don't think you would be doing that. So that this is the the, the things that the only thing that really pissed me off was that because this dude has nothing to do with nothing. This is a one on one altercation. Right. It's me and him. It's a champ against a challenger. You have mm. nothing to do with it. It's not like. It's not like even if it was your blood, your blood, your brother, right? Did my brother jump in at any moment? No, because I'm not getting jumped by anybody. It's it's one person in front of me. Yeah. Now, if somebody wants to jump me, like this dude tried, my brother's gonna jump in, right? So this guy had no right to come and try to swing at me mm-hmm. unless he knows and he believes that, or he believes that Jim's scared of me. He has to do something for him. I don't know, you know, what was his reason? But uh he jumps in there. And does something that I'm sure that he would not do if it was just him and I in a room by ourselves. That kid wouldn't do that. <clears throat> you know, yeah, a lot of people around. You know, you're gonna get held back. You know, if you're gonna get involved, you know, this is gonna happen. And you had the two biggest guys in the room <laughs> that will hold you guys back. Yeah, Rumble holding back Ailers and Shannon Briggs is holding you back. I'm like, well, that was perfect. You know, that that just worked out great. <laughs> I told Rumble, Rumble, if you see in the video, Rumble, you don't gotta hold him. Jim was not doing nothing, man. Jim was not trying to do nothing. I let Rumble. Don't act like you hold, hold him. You don't have to. He's not gonna do anything, man. <laughs> you know, I'm I'm glad nothing crazy happened because it, it builds up the fight. You know, it builds up the fight. Would I have liked to see some people get cracked with steel chairs, like in wrestling? Yeah, you know, a couple of chairs. Nah, I was playing. But yo, it this really helps build up the fight. So like, you know, I was there. I mean, I was right there, bro. Like honestly, I had my camera like i was right next to you guys during the whole thing <laughs> i'm recording everything you know make sure we get it on social media help promote the fight you know we, we got to do these things so it was to me it was great i loved it the whole the whole thing was great you know and i think and it's real you know it's not fixed you guys didn't set that up i was there he was on one side you were on the other and then you guys came together at the end so you know this is this is a real deal fight yeah, yeah, yes, it is. Yes, it is. No, there's definitely no nothing fake about this. Everything happened organically. Uh, I did reach out to to Dave and I did apologize for for my behavior. You know, I did I did let him know. Hey, look, man, you know, I was I was in the I was doing, and Dave, you know, did tell me, look, man, you know, we can't have no headbutting and stuff like that. We can't have this type of conduct in this organization. And I thought, no, my apologies. You know, just let's just make sure that we keep our distance from each other. Let's practice uh, social distancing. <laughs> you so you you are, are you still out in Miami? Yeah, yeah, I live in Miami. I live in Miami. Yeah. So, yeah, because I know uh, Jim's not that far from you. I think he's out in Plantation or something like that. Yeah, yeah, a little up north. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That's gonna be interesting, man. I'm lo- I'm really looking forward to this fight. Is there any fight date? Any expectation of when this thing's gonna happen? I heard November, but is that true? Um, I. I seen a post that everybody started contacting me about. Yeah. About November 14th. It's probably the post I saw. Yeah. But I haven't been called and contacted with the actual number. I do believe that it's going to be in November. Okay. And it it all depends on this COVID issue, you know? It's going to be down here? In Miami, um, I don't know the details yet. I know that Dave is trying to make it happen in Miami. Yeah, that's so, the, you know, it depends on, on, on if they're going to open the doors or not. If not, we're going to be a little up north, but it's going to be in Florida. That's what's up. Yeah, because this is like this. I mean, you can market this as, you know, Miami beef, you know, plantation versus, <laughs> you know, Miami, bro. I think, you know, that would be a lot of fun. 
Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Definitely. So what's so what's what's next for you? You know, you gotta if the, this fight's gonna go down in November, you know, you got two two and a half months, you know, before this whole thing goes down. What's the game plan for you? Uh, the training. What do you, what do you got going on? So right now it's like uh, every time I come back from a fight, the first thing that I do is start working on my body again. You know, mm -hmm. start building up. You know, and I'll, I'll gain some size. Like like I told you, I take care of myself. You know, and I'll, I'll get I get some size that way. When I when I do my drop, I drop with more quality. You know, mm -hmm. and um, the game plan is the same, man. We the game plan that we got ready for is the same that we utilize for the fight with Ike. Because okay. they're very, you know, relatively the same where, you know, I had a little more of a movement. Jim just wants to run right right to you. and It's like a bull in a china closet. Yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah. it's like. Comes right at you. A lot of pressure. I'll tell, tell you why I'm the champion and why I'm going to be the reigning champion for a long time. Mm. Okay. I'm, I, I am the evolution of what a, you know, bare knuckle fighter should be. What Jim is doing right now is a discovery of himself that he never did in MMA, mm -hmm. right? Where he's finding that, damn, he can hurt some people with some hands if he yeah. just goes out there and starts swimming, right? I've been doing that since the beginning of my career. We're talking about 13 years ago, yep. okay? So I was that brawler that he's presenting himself as. Mm. The difference is I'm an evolution of that brawler. I can still brawl, but I can also box, mm. okay? I have footwork, I have hip movement, you know, I know how to cut angles. And I have that instinct of a brawler inside where I can still let him go hard and fast. You know, so that's what's gonna keep me as a reigning champion. And I think it's just my pure style that is the game plan for him. You know? Yeah, I was gonna ask you that too, because I mean, you know, everything you're saying, you know, makes sense for you. Uh, yeah, I could see where you're coming from with Jim because he's been in MMA his career, you know, UFC alumni. Now he's into bare knuckle. He's discovering this power that he has. I'm sure, you know, Jim feels he, he's always had the power. Um, and really, honestly, I've seen a couple of his uh, his fights in MMA, but mainly his bare knuckle fights are like explosive as hell. Mm -hmm. But what, what makes you feel that – you could beat Jim Ellers in a in a bare knuckle fight. What's it for you? <laughs> well, first of all, to hurt something, you gotta be able to hit it. Yeah. You gotta be able to land to begin with. This little clinch work that he's doing, mm. he's not gonna get away with that with me. You know, I'm I'm good with that stuff, you know. And um I have power, I have speed, and I have way better defense than he does. I have footwork, I have a lot, I'm 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 way ahead of him when it comes to the striking. When it comes to the boxing, when it comes to the brawling, I have power too. And one, one thing that I can tell you is, like in the Brito fight, I want to be in the cage. I want to be in that square circle. I want to be in the fight. I want to feel it. I want to feel that danger. I want to feel myself in there. I don't want to be out of it. Yeah. I want to, I, I want to be there. You know, He doesn't want to be there. He's trying to get out of there. Hmm. He's running to his opponents, trying to land that power punch to get out of it as soon as he can. You know, that's the difference between him and I. I. I'm in the fight. I enjoy the fight itself. Mm. He's trying to fight his way out of the fight. Okay. Okay. He's trying to get okay. that one hit. Mm. Okay, I'm done. And it shows in the fight when he did, when I did my debut, when he fought this dude. Oh, Caleb Harris was, fight. Yeah, and when Caleb <laughs> fought him and showed him, oh, I'm still here, buddy. I'm still that's here. That's a tough kid, bro. Yeah, man. He's a tough, tough kid. kid. And, and 
He took some massive shots. Yes, and and when Jim seen that he was still there, it kind of messed with his head. Hmm. You know, and like, oh, he even said in, in one of his interviews after the fight, like, oh, you know, at some point I wanted to quit, but I couldn't. His hands. He said his hands. His were... hand was like so hurt. You yeah. know? So when you come swinging wild like that, you don't know where you land you. Yeah, you, you know? hit somebody's so head. He have that in his conscience. You know, like, he comes in wilding like that. He's worried about his hands already. He's going to be worried about his hands in the fight. Mm. You know? Now, I'm, I, I can brawl, but I can pick my shots, too. Yeah. You know? And I'm not worried about breaking my hands on his head. You know? And that's what I was going to do to begin with. I was going to hold out first, second part of the tournament, third part. I don't care. Let's go. You Let's know? go. Balls to the and, wall. And now it's like, it's my third fight. So it's like the end of the tournament, and it's against him anyways. So here we are, you know? Here we are, man. Fight prediction. You and Jim go at it November 14th, let's just say, hypothetically. What's the what's your prediction of that fight? How does it end? What round? I put him away after the second round. If, the he second. Doesn't go, if he doesn't go earlier. If he doesn't go earlier. Because he's going to come out guns blazing for those first two rounds. Hmm. And he's going to find out that I'm still there. And his confidence level is going to start going down. You know, I'm going to start picking him apart. And I'm going to end up landing something nice. He's going to go to sleep. So it's almost like the bull versus the matador for this fight. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Except for the matador can be a bull too. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, man. I can't wait to see this fight, brother. I can't wait. And I, I want to thank you, you know, for being on MMA Uncensored today. Uh, super excited to have you on and talk to you, man. So thank you so much for, for being here. And uh, do you want to give any shout outs to any sponsors? I see you got your Gymshark um, shirt on. You, you feel oh, yeah, they're, they're not sponsoring me. They ain't paying you. They're not paying Okay, you. we don't have to shout them out. No, no, but, but yeah, no, thank you for having me, first of all, man. Yeah. Uh, thanks, you know, Dave Feldman for the, for the opportunity. Um, because of this opportunity, I'm a world champion again right now, you know. Um, and as far as the sponsors, without, you know, hopefully not forgetting all of them, you know, Divino Ceviche, 1 800 Injured, FYI Yachts. Um, there's so many of them, <laughs> I know, because I'm forgetting the other. But, um, you know, luxuries, designs, like, there's so many of you guys there. Thank to all my sponsors that are always there for me because it, they make it so much easier for you to be able to focus in your camp, you know? Hell yeah. When they back you up like that, you know? So thanks to all my sponsors. Not sponsored. Not sponsored me. But I am, for, I am looking for a clothing sponsor, so. Okay. You know, if anybody out there sees this, you're running a clothing brand. I'm looking to work with somebody. Hey, he's the 155-pound champion, Bare Knuckle Fighting Championship, the hottest promotion out right now. You got to sponsor this guy. He's the champ. Come on. Yes, sir. <laughs> Don't be cheap with the champ. You can't be cheap with the champ, baby. No way. Luis, <laughs> thank you so much, man. And then also, um, I just want to let the peeps know if you could, they could follow you on Instagram yes. at Luis Baboon. Thank you, man. Yes, Luis Baboon. Um, also, Luis Baboon on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And also on Snapchat. That's what's up. Yep. Easy peasy, man. Yo, Lewis, thank you again, brother. If I if I don't talk to you before the fight, I wish you the best of luck. But I got a feeling we're going to be in touch. I got some real cool stuff coming up with MMA Uncensored. Right, cool. We're going to be doing like exclusives at gyms and stuff like that. So maybe we can link up. All right. Kind of it, man. Thank you. You got it, brother. Be good, man. Thank you. Take care, bro. That's a wrap. MMA Uncensored with the 155 champ and Bare Knuckle Fighting Championship, Luis Palomino. What a cool dude. Yo, I could talk to that guy for hours, man. I could definitely chill and have a beer with him. He's a cool guy, and I'm glad he came on the podcast tonight. 
Uh, if you haven't seen the brawl that took place at the press conference last week where Paige Van Zant was being introduced to BKFC, you definitely want to check that out. You could go on my IG, at Joe Miggs. You could go on MMA Uncensored's IG. The videos are there. You could go on our YouTube channel right there, and you could subscribe while you're there, YouTube slash MMA Uncensored. So like I was telling Lewis, we're going to start things looking like they're a little better, right? I think people are a little more comfortable now with this COVID-19 going on, uh, but we are going to expand. We're going to be doing a lot of things, a lot of exclusives, uh, a lot more face-to-face -face stuff. So stay tuned for that. Uh, we'll definitely keep you posted on that. You can follow MMA Uncensored at MMA Uncensored, double underscore. Thank you guys again for, for the continued following. The growth has been amazing, and I can't do it without you guys. You guys are the best. So I think we're well over 440,000 followers and verified right now, and we want to get that number to a half a million. Uh, I really want to get it to a half a million uh, by the end of September. So with your help, we could do it, and thank you guys. Uh, quick shout to the sponsors, and we'll get going. For all your CBD needs, Hemp Boca, check them out, uh, hempboca.com. They have, and I say it all the time because I use it all the time, a fantastic post-workout massage oil, and it smells good. Your lady friend will like it. You guys can make the sex with it. It's perfectly fine. Check them out, hempboca.com. Use code MMA for a discount. And also shout out Veteran Farms for your quality cannabis deeds. If you want to, you know, puff, puff, pass, or you just want to keep puffing on your own, check them out, veteranfarms.com. Thank you guys so much uh, for tuning in. See you next time.